Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. Thank you for listening to the Late Breaking F1 podcast. Make sure to look out for new episodes every Thursday and Grand Prix Sundays. Hello and a very warm welcome to the Late Breaking F1 podcast. My name's Ben Hocking, Sam Sage and Harry Eid in the house. How are you doing, chaps? We're in the hizay. Yeah, no, I'm good. We're, it's my birthday next week, everyone. Check the marks if you care. Um, and we're getting closer to test day because that's Ferrari, car reveal. We're getting closer to the testing. F1's on the horizon and I'm going to get really old. Me and Kimmy in the old people's home. Sam, is your, birth- is your birthday on a podcast recording day? Yes, it is. Oh, that is the best party you could have. I... If any members of the community want to join in, we'll do a queue. You can come along. Anyway, let's talk about Formula 1 this week. I'm next week. Yeah, yeah, probably a, a good idea to leave that one until then. But we'll have our own uh, we'll have our own party on the podcast because we will have Pimp My F1 at that time as well. So it does tie in very well indeed. But for tonight, at least, here's what we're going to be talking about. Uh, Valtteri Bottas. Um, perhaps looking to be a bit more selfish in 2021, if his words are to be believed. We're going to be discussing his first uh, media session of the season. Uh, Haas rights have been off 2021 and put all of their eggs into the 2022 basket. We'll be discussing that one a little bit later on. Danny Kavia, he can't be kept out of Formula One. It has been confirmed. Um, he is now Alpine's reserve driver, so we'll be looking at that move. And F1 back and forth is making an appearance later on. But first, we'll start with Walter Bottas. He was speaking to the media, Valtteri Bottas. He has stated he believes he can fight for the title in 2021. He's demanding more from himself from ever before. And he said um, he, he feels like he needs to be a bit more selfish in his approach. So, Sam, do you, first of all, before we discuss whether he could execute that, do you believe his words, first and foremost? Mr. Porridge is just really, really, really nice, isn't he? That's the thing. I mean, apart from that one time where he told all of his critics to F away um, over the radio. Twice now, I think, isn't he it? He has. It, it was a little bit embarrassing in the manner that he did it. I mean, his teammate didn't actually finish the race on pure pace terms. So, I mean, eh. Um, <laughs> I mean, is he going to be just selfish on the racetrack? Because I feel like it's a whole life mentality. I don't think Bottas can do it. Like, you know, when they're lining up to maybe get their morning buffet, Bottas is going to push to the front. I'm having the first croissant out the oven. Um, when the coffee comes out, the thing. Ha- bugger off, Hamilton. It's my espresso. You know, I feel like you've got to commit to the whole mentality here. You can't just do it on the racetrack. Um, I think he's going to try and be a bit more selfish. I don't think it's going to look any different. I don't know what he means. There wasn't really any team orders last season. He messed his own races up. I, be, be faster, Valtteri. Don't make as many mistakes. You won't need to be selfish because you'll just be in front. That's how racing works. So I think this is a bit of an odd one for him. Um, it's a little bit bizarre. Do I think he can pull it off? No, I just think he needs to step it up a level. He's good. He's a very good racing driver. Is he a world title winner? Hamilton will have to have an absolute shocker, I think, to throw this eighth title away. 
Uh, and I think Walter will need to be way more consistent. Never won two races in a row. Start there, then be selfish. That's a good start. I can't quite believe you put in a breakfast buffet uh, mention in there, but also didn't link it to porridge. Link I mean, it to a croissant instead. It's because what he's done is actually he's grabbed the croissant and then he's gone and picked up Hamilton the brunch bar out the next basket and just throwing him in the bin. <laughs> That's a nice reference. If that makes no sense to you, then yeah. yeah. If that makes no sense to you, that's completely acceptable. But um, last week, Harry (laughs) referred to Lewis Hamilton as a brunch bar. Still not quite over. And that is in the highest regard. I mean that in the most positive sense. That's the problem. Harry, can we do a tier video where we put drivers next to breakfast elements and we can rank them? Love that. <laughs> I, I I find it interesting that you've asked for Harry's permission to do that, knowing that if you ask me, I would shout you down and say no. So <laughs> smart move. Channel. Late breaking silliness. Late breaking plus. Channel. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's like BBC Three. <laughs> they can only fans. Be like Dave. Yeah, exactly <laughs> like that. I'm sure people would subscribe. Moving on, Harry. What are your thoughts on these comments? Um, I I, I understand it. Um. What, what he's trying to get at, but uh, I think if you look back at Rosberg and Hamilton on the track together, when they were side by side, there was, you know, a percentage risk that they would run into each other or, or you know, one would slightly run the other one off the road. Normally Hamilton, not on, you know, not in a dirty way, but just hard but fair. I think when you see Hamilton and Bottas together, Hamilton just kind of goes past Bottas and Bottas is, you know, kind of too nice in a sense. So I can kind of see... From that point of view, maybe what he's getting at, but um, I just don't think, like Sam says, there are other things he needs to focus on first, like winning two races in a row. Um, you know, maybe going even faster in qualifying. He does a great job, but he more often than not still gets beaten by Hamilton. Um, yeah, I can potentially see what he's trying to get at here, but you know, I, I kind of agree with Sam. I think he's just slightly too nice. He's not got the Rosberg mentality. Um, that that could potentially fluster Hamilton, and yeah, I, I don't see what he's going to do this year. I, I, I'm, you know, be prepared that to wait and see what what happens. But I'd hazard a guess, even being a little bit more selfish, it will still be quite nice, and it won't be enough. Yeah, I mean, the the stuff that he said, I'll, I'll deal with the the selfish comment in a, in a second. But the, the things that he said, such as he believes he can fight for the title and he's demanding more from himself than ever before. Of course, he's going to say those things. And I'm not, I'm not even necessarily saying he doesn't believe those things, but if you are in a position like he is in where he has got undoubtedly the fastest car and a car that has won, what, what is it now? Uh, seven straight championships. Of course you have to say those things. And and if you're not saying those things, can you imagine if he came out and said, no, I don't think I I believe I can fight for the title. He's never going to come out and say that. Um, So I I think both of those, I'm not going to call them empty words because he might still believe that. But at the same time, they don't hold a lot of merit because of the position he's in. Looking at the the, the comment on him needing to be more selfish, um, I, I would pick up on something that you said, Sam, in that last year he didn't even necessarily give himself an opportunity to be selfish. He has had a few of those opportunities in previous years. I, I'm thinking the Russian Grand Prix a few years back, the German Grand Prix 
um, when he wasn't allowed to attack Hamilton. Um, so he has had a few of them in his Merck career, but definitely last season, he just never put himself in a position where he could even be selfish. Is he going to be that sort of character this year, even slightly? You could argue that right now the pressure is higher on Bottas than ever before. So maybe there is more of a need for him to be that way. You know, in previous years, you could argue there wasn't necessarily an obvious contender for his spot. Whereas now, what happened at Sakia and Russell's continued progress, he has got more of a threat of his seat being taken. Uh, now, you could argue, obviously, that's partly Bottas's fault in that he didn't put away George Russell when he got the opportunity to in the same car, but it's a factor nonetheless. The other thing is, he's coming off an off-season where... Mercedes were willing to take Hamilton's contract negotiations all the way until nearly the start of this year in order to avoid him signing a one-year deal. Ultimately, they couldn't avoid it anyway, but that's what they were trying to do, which is the same deal that Bottas gets every single year without a say in the matter. So there is cause for him to be somewhat annoyed here. Um, I, I think he is... I think Merck are justified in what they're doing, by the way. Hamilton is a much more valuable asset than Bottas is. But from Bottas's perspective, that doesn't matter a great deal. So maybe there is more of a reason for him to be selfish this year. I, I, I'm not too sure on that. I think the, the, the big question, uh, we've already sort of picked up on this, is essentially we're asking the question, can he do a Rosberg? Rosberg took it to Hamilton psychologically as well as on track, and it worked. So... We know it's happened in the past, and we're, we're asking the question, can Bottas basically replicate that? And I think from a points perspective, it looks okay. So if you're looking at one of, the, one of the stats I like to look at is percentage of points that you claim of your team's total. So, for example, if you, you pick up 20 points and each teammate gets 10 points each, you get 50, you've, you know, 50% each. Hamilton and Rosberg, if we're looking at those three years where they were teammates before Rosberg won the championship, is very similar. So they had so Rosberg had forty seven percent, forty five percent, and then forty six percent in the years leading up to him obviously going over fifty percent and winning the title. Bottas has reached that tally in a couple of years. So in twenty seventeen was actually the closest he got in terms of percentage, he was at 45%, which is pretty much on a par with where Rosberg was the year before he won it. So from that basis, you could say, maybe maybe there is something here. Maybe if he does change his attitude, he can get there. I don't think he will get there for a multitude of reasons. First of all, you, you refer to it, he's never won two races in a row, and Rosberg won three races to close out 2015. There was a reason to believe at the end of 2015, Rosberg could conjure up something. I haven't seen anything from Bottas that indicates the same thing. The other thing is Hamilton's better in 2021 than he was in 2016 as well. I I don't think he will be as easily baited into a battle with Bottas as he was with Nico Rosberg. Um, and And I do think it is a character thing. I think Rosberg always did have that fire. And he couldn't execute it on it in 2014 and 15, but it was there. And when he was able to get that full season... He attacked that full season. It took everything out of him, but it worked. I just don't see that same thing in Bottas. I, I'm willing to be proven wrong, but he either doesn't have that fire or he's done a very good job hiding it for years on end. And I think it's the former. I reckon he needs Will Young to relight his fire. That is, that's not the right song-artist combination. 
it's it's a good What's effort. It got? It's a good effort. Who's um, six three like the five? And then take that. Just take that. Is it take that? Yeah. <laughs> Will Young, formerly part of Take That, right? With Gary Barlow, like, famously. Yeah, that's him. Little known fact about Will Young. I always knew that Gareth Gates had something against Will Young, and that's why, because he was in Take That. I went spot Gareth, over him. When Gareth, when Will Young beat Gareth, he walked up to him and went, Take that! And then he, uh, he took the trophy and walked off. I think we need, like, a, a buzzer that, like, we hit it when we're um, going too much into naughty's British references. Like, an alienating <laughs> most of your audience button. Just, like, stop. So America, we will learn something about your culture and make a reference about that at some point, I promise. <laughs> Without insulting <laughs> as well. Although, Ben, I appreciate your stats. That was very Statman of you. Thank you. Thank you. I, I just do it for your mention of Statman, to be honest. I don't really Statman! care about it. I mean, Thank I love you. it. Get it. Get, make it your text tone, folks. Moving on to Haas. So... We've got teams on the precipice of brand new regulations coming in in 2022. We're likely going to see different strategies as to how much they focus on 2021 uh, and which teams decide to spend less effort on that year and go straight to 2022. One of the teams, so Haas, they seem to be pretty much sacrificing 2021 in the hope of of an upturn in performance in 2022. There will be no aero development after the first test in Bahrain. Um, And Gunter Seiner actually revealed that the team have not spent any of their development tokens that have been uh, a hot topic in this off-season. So, um, Sam, do you think Haas are right to sort of been off 2021 and put all of their focus on next year? 100%. That team was already going down down the pan. Financially, they're struggling. If they're going to make a comeback, this is what I've been saying that Williams should have been doing for a couple of years. It shouldn't be committing the development of the car in season all the way up until kind of three or four races before the end and then working on the car for next season. You're not going to be a front runner. You're not going to be regularly scoring points. You're not going to be challenging for any kind of success, really, um, in the coming season. So I think Gunther Steiner is showing good leadership. I think he's showing good foresight, understanding the situation that they're in, that the regulations are massively changing. If you're going to get ahead, if you're going to get a jump on people, now is 100% the time to do it. You've got a good young driver lineup on one half of the, one half of the garage. Uh, you've got an empty seat on the other half of the garage. And um, I think Nick Schumacher is completely <laughs> capable of you know, having a bit of longevity at the team. He's got the ability to be there for a couple of years, should nothing open up for him around... Uh, the Ferrari area, of course, is where he's wanting to go. Um, and we've seen Schumacher settle. So Schumacher has the ability to grow and develop and continue that development. I think Haas are capable of doing the same thing. They need to get some proper financial backing, look at the stream long term, and understand what's going on. And I think it's the right thing to reevaluate those technical decisions and then commit to it for a full 12 months ahead of almost anyone else. Because... Even though I think the likes of Mercedes and Red Bull probably won't be sat there committing all their resources to their 2022 car when the new regulations come around. So this is a good way to get yourself up the grid. I think it's a smart choice. It's going to be sad to see them struggling for, what, 22, 23 races. But I think for the long term of their F1 careers, it's the right choice. What do you reckon, Harry? Do you think this is a smart move by them? Um, It's... Well, it's a risky move. I think if you, uh, I was thinking back to BMW um, in 2008 and they sacrificed 08, um, but not quite as early as Haas have, 
for 09. Um, and I know this is a different kind of situation because they could have been in a shot with winning the championship in 08 and then they obviously sacrificed it, gave up that year for a head start in 09 and got it wrong. And that's my point, really. You know, it's all well has doing that, but there is still the risk they get it completely wrong. And that's, you know, could be two years completely sacrificed. Um, I think the sensible decision um, or sensible part of the decision is that, you know, the Haas last year wasn't anywhere anyway. So it's not like they're going to suddenly build a car or update the car enough to be, you know, fighting for consistent points every race weekend. So I can see the point, you know, of doing that because getting a head start for next year may be really beneficial and they could make that massive jump. So, um, yeah, it's a risky one, but I can, for, for that team, I can absolutely see why they've done it. And it makes more sense than the BMW comparison, to be honest, because, you know, like I said, there's no, no real chance of them fighting for wins, etc. this year. And they've got two, sorry, they've got Mick Schumacher and a bin, um, who's going to be, who are going to be learning their way through F1 this year. So, um, uh, yeah, why not? Why not just make them pootle around in the back, learn the hard way, and then be ready for twenty two? So I think it's a it's a risky one, but it's it's one that could actually pay off. Yeah, I I think it's risky in the the financial sense, in that they essentially have to go to their sponsors for for this year and and admit fully admit we're not putting a lot of effort into into advancing ourselves this year and we're putting all of our effort into next year so that's one element of risk for the team um the, the other element of risk is that for a financially struggling team the difference between ninth and tenth place can be can be significant for prize money purposes um so uh, in a you know 20, 2021 we already know sorry 2020 we already know that the the prize money that the teams are going to get or or have got is much reduced due to the overall revenue of formula one dropping so that there is need to sort of financially you know bring in bring in the cash but I, I'm with Sam here. I, I'm 100% on board with what they're doing here because un, unlike the, the, the BMW situation you brought up, Harry, there isn't a lot to gain from from pouring their effort into 2021. You know, if they if they put every ounce of effort into 2021 and they didn't even think about 2022, what is the absolute best they're going to achieve? Eighth, maybe. Maybe they beat Alfa Romeo, but... Even that might be a stretch. I, I think more than likely, the difference between them pouring effort into this year is ninth instead of tenth. And to be perfectly blunt, if you're that concerned about finishing ninth instead of finishing tenth, you need to get out of the sport because we want ambitious teams. We don't want teams that are so concerned about whether you finish ninth or tenth that you don't think of the long-term future of being able to compete. And, and you know, maybe it doesn't work in 2022. And you know, if that happens, I, I'm not saying I won't criticise the execution, but I won't criticise the decision at all, even if it falls flat on its face, because it's absolutely the right call. It's very clear as well what they're doing with the lineup. Obviously, they've got two rookies this year. There is a clear plan here that goes not only with the team and its expenditure, but also in terms of the drivers. There's a reason they got rid of Grosjean and Magnussen at the time that they did. And it's to give those two drivers the experience this year to then they will be hoping for 2022 to be in a much better position to take advantage of a half-decent car or a good car. And I, I really think they can get this right. I'm not saying they will, but I think they, they can. 
ultimately they were in a position just two years ago, seems crazy it was actually that close, where they were they were fifth. And you could argue they probably could and should have finished fourth that year. So they, there was a point where they were at the head of the midfield, or very close to the head of the midfield, with a, a team of Magnuson and Grosjean. No disrespect to them, but it's not the strongest lineup on the grid. So if they How can get something... You. I, I'm going to slide up in the world is what is me. Yeah, yeah. Just to clarify, that is what I meant. Um, <laughs> but you know, Haas's model in terms of what they do with Delara, with the budget cap coming in, there is potential for that to work. It's a very modern solution compared to, let's say, the old Williams solution, which was trying to hold on to everything that they were as a constructor and just failing as a result. They've got the structure to compete if they get this right. Execution is another thing entirely, but the plan itself, I love it, and I think they should 100% go ahead with it. We love it. Go on, good sir. I mean, if, you, got, if you're trying to pick, control, yeah, if you're trying to pitch a bold strategy, starting here is usually a, a good the idea. The worst is that they'll look like a bunch of effing morons. That's the worst thing, like, like a bunch of W's that I can't say because I get bleeped. Instead of rock stars, yeah, I like the sweary one. Yeah, well, we'll see if it all goes horribly wrong or not. We'll see what happens in 2021. But I think it's fair to say expectations are not massively high for what they might achieve this year. Um, we're going to move on to Danny Kvyat. So, of course, he was racing for Alpha Tauri last year. He's been replaced by Yuki Tsunoda for 2021. So, it begged the question what he would be doing this year. The answer is he's going to be the Alpine test driver, um, supporting Esteban Ocon and Fernando Alonso in the car. So, Danny Kvyat, the cockroach of F1, can't be killed. <laughs> he will stick around forever. <laughs> <laughs> I meant that as a compliment, Danny. Yeah, <laughs> he, he, he can't be removed. He will always be an F1. Um, but there, I mean, there is a point. He has, he has been around now. So, Harry, do you think this was a good move? This was at the expense of, let's say, Guan Yu Zhou or Christian Lundgaard, of course. Um, yeah, I mean, Danny Kvyat just loves to be an F1. Doesn't matter what he does. You know, we we've we've spoken in the past about how he yeah, has been a janitor for Red Bull whilst he was on out of the seat there, and uh, he's done lots of things. So, um, look, I think as uh, as a reserve driver, um, it makes sense. He's got a lot of experience, and you know, Danny Kvyat is not the sorry. Sam's cat has just appeared in the background of his camera. <laughs> Hi, Ian. Um, you're, anyway, you're on in the next segment. You're too yeah, early. Yeah. Come on, Ian. Um, yeah, I think. What, what was my point? Sorry. That, ah, he's yes. sorry. He's he's a janitor. He's a janitor. Yeah, that's my point. Conclusion: Danny Kvyat is a janitor. No, um, he's got a lot of experience, hasn't he? And you know, he's not the not the world's greatest driver, but he's a quick peddler. He's got a podium. He he knows what he's doing in an F1 car. So I think it's a sensible decision. Um, I, I think. Joe is, or Zhao, Zhao, isn't it? He's still around, but, you know, that guy must be thinking, I'm never going to get a seat in this car, am I? <laughs> um, but yeah, from, from Al, an Alpine point of view, I don't, it makes total sense. Kfir, you know, Kfir was 
reserve or sim driver for Ferrari as well at one point. So he's he's got experience now in a fair few teams. So I think it's a totally sensible decision. He's been driving the latest generation of cars as of last year. So why wouldn't you want him around? So yeah, I, I totally get it. But I, you know, I feel for Joe a bit. And Lungard, obviously. What what are your thoughts, Sam? Do you think that you know that not going with youth here in terms of the reserve driver is is that a bad move from Alpine or a good one? No, I don't think it's a bad move at all. And it's not like those youngsters aren't doing anything. It's not like they're sat there twiddling their thumbs on the sidelines, going, "That was all I had to do this year." They're both racing competitively. Something Daniel Kvyat is not doing currently, and. The guy's a smart cookie. He's got a lot of experience and has done for many, many years, both in uh, open wheel racing and in other categories of racing as well. It does surprise me that he's currently not engaging in maybe some DTM, going to join Alexander Albon, his old RB team uh, teammate, um, or maybe going off to America, maybe. I feel like he could be a big star, a bit of like a, a, a pantomime villain over there would be quite interesting to see. Or maybe some wet. You know, the guy is good at endurance. He's done that previously uh, when he's a lot younger. He's got a lot of talent in the bag, but I think this is a smart move from Alpine. They've applied someone as their development driving, a team that is trying to evolve and develop and change. They've got Alonso in the car who's not going to be there forever. This is a period of evolution for Alpine, and they picked up someone who drives a modern F1 car. They understand how the Red Bull family work. It's all about aerodynamics. They understand how that relationship functions. He's a smart cookie. He's done it for Ferrari. That hasn't gone too well in modern years but you know he's still done it for them so he's got experience in the job and he knows what he's doing i think this is sensible and give it a couple of years alonso will move on they'll reshuffle things guan you you know lungars they will get a chance and they're very talented young individuals okong is to still prove himself i don't think he's a permanent fixture there if things go badly for him i know that there's a lot of rumors of gasly maybe joining as well so it's all up in the air you prove yourself you can have a spot there at the french team I think this is a good call for the uh, development into the 2022 new regulations. This makes sense to me. Yeah. I mean, if you were to describe Danny Kvyat's career with one word, it would probably have to be chaotic. Like, Danny Kvyat has gone through a lot in a relatively short amount of time. We're only talking, say, six, seven years since he debuted in F1. So, I mean, he, he debuts in F1... Uh, I can't remember exactly how old he was. I think he was probably still a teenager. So about 19 or so would be my guess. So he comes into Formula 1 very young, is thrust into the Red Bull car very young, is dropped from the team, dropped from the system entirely, brought back into the system. He, he does Ferrari for a year. He, he's he been around and done everything. He has experience at Red Bull, Toro Rosso and Ferrari in some regard. And because of all this chaos, it's quite harsh on, on the guy personally. But one benefit of the amount of chaos that he's had to deal with is it gives you a lot of experience. He's driven some very, very good cars. He's driven some pretty rubbish cars. And that's what you need from a reserve driver. You, you need someone who's going to be able to adapt to a situation on a very short notice and I would bet that Danny Kvyat can do that quite a bit better than most drivers can because he's already done it for the last six years. Um, I, I will say that 
you know, I, I think 2020 somewhat with reserve drivers kind of made, I think it's made these teams more aware of how important they are in terms of the need to step up. You know, in, in previous years, we had that, we had Paul Resta's race in Hungary, if you remember, Williams a couple of years back and, and Jensen Button did a race at McLaren at Monaco. But really, reserve drivers have been, what, one one appearance a season, if that. Whereas 2020, partly due to COVID plus the Grosjean incident, you've got Fittipaldi doing two races. You've got uh, Jack Aitken did a race. You've got Hulkenberg stepping in for a couple of races. So I think it has actually made these teams a bit more aware of how they need this contingency plan in place. So Danny Kvyat, who does have experience, very recent experience of driving an F1 car, becomes a lot more valuable as a result of that. Um, I would just say that with Lungard in particular, Guan Yu Zhou, I'm a bit less sold on, but with Christian Lungard in particular... I think it's important that this doesn't come at the expense of these guys getting time in the car. I hope that they give Lungard maybe a couple of FP1 sessions this year. I'd like to see that happen. The disadvantage that Alpine have compared to, say, Ferrari is that Alpine don't have a second team to throw these guys in for an FP1 session. So, um, you know, or even testing, really. You look at Isla and, and Schumacher getting opportunities last year in the Alfa Romeo and the Haas, whereas if you want to give someone like Lundgaard or Joe an opportunity, they essentially have to go in the Alpine. There, there isn't another option. So I, I would like to... I, I am slightly concerned about youth development at, at Renault, at Alpine, sorry. So I'd like to see Lundgaard get some time in the car in some capacity. But other than that, I've got no no problem with this. I think it's a good move. I reckon for practice, they could Alpine, a.k.a. Renault, could call up Peugeot and go, hello, French mate. Do you want to run a 206 in practice and you can put the boys in? I reckon they'll be up for it. Are, are you telling me that Alpine would call Peugeot yeah. and they would go, hello, mate? <laughs> yeah, or it'd be more like, bonjour, mate. Oh, sorry, yeah. I forgot to translate that. <laughs> bonjour, mate. That's the yeah. one. Yeah, there you go. Mate, mate translates directly into French as well. It does, That's yeah. well known. <laughs> it's, it's a multi, multilingual word. Bonjour, mate. Do you want to run a 206 at, in practice? Your boys can have a go. French lessons with Soundstage. There you go. That's why I only got a C. Oh, same here, I'm mate. surprised you did that well based on the last <laughs> two minutes, Sam. <laughs> oh, the faith. Uh, right, let's get on to back and forth. F1. Back and forth. It's F1. Back and forth, it goes backwards. Then goes forth, it's F1. Back and forth, F1. Alright, here we go. F1 back and forth. It's back. And it will go forth forth. very soon as well. (laughs) Well done, boys. So we've got a category here, Harry versus Sam. They will uh, take it in terms to to give a correct answer for this category until one of them can't think of one or gets one wrong. So um, would you like to know what your category is tonight? Bring it on. What's the cat? This is a tough one. I I, I don't, you're not going to get all the way through these. I'm pretty sure, but I'm interested to see how far you can get before you get a wrong one. So as of December, 2020, there are 45 grade one circuits as determined by the FIA. How many of those can you name? 
And we do, as always, encourage you to play along at home. How many of these can you get? Can you get more than these two combined? So any any circuit that has been given grade one certification by the FIA. Harry, we should be at least get 22, 23 uh, of them. Theoretically, you should get a half of them. <laughs> um, do what well, I mean, I'm assuming we've got a little bit of leeway on some of the actual proper names. Um, I'll, I'll give you some, I'll give you some leeway. As long as we're close where, enough, right? Yeah, I'll give you right. leeway here and there. Okay. The one in Europe. <laughs> I'm not going to give that much leeway. Okay. You could mean Baku as the European Grand Prix, of course. So, oh, yeah. we got one. <laughs> uh, it's not definitely a right answer. No, it probably not. It's not. <laughs> right, we got one. That's fine. We're done. Ben's got involved. All right. You know what? Fine. Head start. Baku's a correct answer. So you've got 44 to find. <laughs> Come on, Lewis. Hashtag blessed. Sam, we'll start with you on this one. Give me a circuit. I'll kick off with what usually starts off the season. Australia, Albert Park. Albert Park is a correct answer. Harry? The Shanghai International Circuit. The Shanghai International Circuit is a correct answer. Sam? Monza. Monza is a correct answer. Harry? The the natural round three after those two. Um, (laughs) I'll go for Bahrain. Correct. Sam? I was just about to say that. I'll say Silverstone. Ah, Silverstone. That's a good answer. Harry? Um, The Red Bull Ring. The Red Bull Ring is correct. Sam? Circuit de Spa-Francorchamps. Spa-Francorchamps. Who said that uh, can't speak French? It's a correct answer. I can't. I just can't find it. There it is. Yeah. Well done, <laughs> Harry. Um. Uh, the the one in Spain, <laughs> Barcelona, <laughs> <laughs> Catalonia. That's the name. Cat, yeah, I'd have given you Barcelona, but Catalonia is oh, correct. Yes. Yeah. Sam. Um. Uh, Gilles Villeneuve. Oh, I mean, you almost deserve two <laughs> points for pronunciation, but um, yes, it's correct. I'm Harry. Um, Monaco. Circuit de Monaco, correct. Sam. Ooh, thinking with my brain is hard. Uh, oh, I'm stopping at the calendar. Hungaroring. Hungaroring is correct. Harry. Ben, at this point, I have a question. Go on. Can we count tracks that we should have been to, but we never have been? Oh, that's a really good question. That there are circuits on this list that have never hosted an F1 Grand Prix. Take that as a yes. <laughs> okay, I'll say it now. I'll get it wrong. Okay, the one in Vietnam that we didn't go to. It, it's not on there, which was what? really surprising i i i'm counting that it, yeah I, i'm willing to let this go on actually but i'm I, unless i've uh i've got this wrong it, it's not on there i mean maybe because we never got anyway all right yeah so i got it wrong man. no i'm it's, saying you carry on I'll, I'll let you i'll let you carry on that was thanks mainly because uh, you still got so many left to go so. <laughs> uh hockenheim Hockenheim is correct. Portimao. Yes. Algarve is there. The Nürburgring. 
Yep, the Nürburgring is a good answer. Harry? Uh, Imola. Imola is correct. Sam? Suzuka. Suzuka's a correct answer. Harry? Mugello. Mugello is also a correct answer. Sam? Yes, Marina! <laughs> as much as I don't want it to be, yes, it's a correct answer. Harry? Interlagos. Interlagos? Oh, yeah, that's a correct right, answer. Interlagos. Sam. Uh, sucky Autodrom. The yes. Sucky Autodrom is <laughs> yeah. a different kind of place entirely. <laughs> no, I'm pretty sure it's exactly the same place. Oh. <laughs> Harry. Um, uh, oh, I'm trying to think if there's any more on the calendar than what I said. Uh, oh, um, te- Texas, what's it called? Circle of the Americas. <laughs> Texas, yeah. all of Texas. Yeah, all of Texas. It's there, American roads are so big that it just wouldn't surprise you if you could just put your finger on the map and go, grade one location. Yep, done. It, it's a right answer regardless. So, uh, oh, I'm going to take a risk. I'm doing it for us, Harry. Um, <laughs> I'm going to say Sepang. It's a correct oh, answer. Yeah. Yep, yeah. Sepang is grade one certified. Harry? Um, uh, I was going to say something really stupid then. Uh, oh, my God. <laughs> Were you going to say Cadwell Park? I was gonna. Ah! Joe, I was. Joe, I was gonna say. I was gonna say um, Valencia, but that's obviously not even a track. Rogue. <laughs> <site. laughs> uh, it's a wasteland. Yeah. Not the city of any... Valencia, just the racetrack. <laughs> there's any left on the 2020 calendar, or 20 or 2019 calendar, even? There is. <laughs> <laughs> Oh god, where did we race last year? We raced at <laughs> Put it in a sentence that always helps. <laughs> oh, this is driving me mad. How many have we got then? Uh, oh, you, you've you've got a few left. Um, like I, I, I didn't expect you to get all of these to be fair. But um, Well, keep going. Come on, Harry, you can get more. You're a smart cookie. Okay, I'm gonna, th- gonna go through the calendar from last year now. There's definitely yeah. still left from last year. Yeah. Um, right. Yeah. We went to Austria twice. Then we went to Hungary. Then we went to Silverstone twice. Twice. Then we went to... Oh, hang on. No, maybe we don't. Then you can get in the bin. No, no. There's def- there was definitely a race that we went to last season that is, in my mind, a grade one track. What, in 2020? Yeah. In our shortened season, yeah. Unless I, I mean, I, can't, I mean, I might just be wrong, of course. I'm sure we said other ones: Imola, Portimao, Jello. Um, what about? Oh, my God, my God, my God. oh God, Turkey! Oh yeah, we Turkey. went there last year, didn't we? <laughs> yeah, it's a correct answer. Completely forgot we went to Istanbul, probably because it was such a um, you know a forgettable race, a terrible Oof. one, wasn't it? Um, Sam. Uh, because Harry took eight years to get an answer, I have had a thought. Um, <laughs> I'm going to say, I might get the name slightly wrong, so I'm going to go Singapore, Marina Bay. Yep, Marina Bay's correct. Yep, Singapore. Nice. 
I'm I'm forgetting where we used to race like before before COVID. It's, it just doesn't <laughs> exist. It doesn't exist anymore. Yeah. There's all these places we went to. Um, ha- Harry, if you done how many Italian tracks have you done? Because I know you, I've done one. I think you've I done. Did, I, you've done Monza. I did Imola. Yeah. And we've done and I did Mugello as well. Nah, I was trying to wonder if we hadn't got that one. I've done all of them. Uh, um, uh, okay, the. I'm guessing now, the Valencia track. That's the actual track. Track. Yeah, it's a good answer. Yeah. Oh, the nice. uh, yeah circuit in Valencia. So that is a correct answer, Sam. Have we said? Um, I'd like a freebie if we have said it. And I'll try something else. And also, I'd like a freebie for my pronunciation. The Autodromo Hermanos Rodriguez in Mexico. It, it's a correct answer. I was just uh, willing to... Yeah, I'll give you the pronunciation as well. Well done. Thanks. Almost as Harry. good as Ben Edwards. Um, <laughs> anymore. Is, is Hareth. Ooh, is, is that right? It's a correct answer. Oh, <laughs> well it's still done, grade sir. one certified. Sam. So are we out of current F1 tracks now? Um... No, there's two more. You're having a laugh. I guess you can call call both of them current, yeah. Dick Richard! Yep, Paul Richard. He's there. Of course he is. (laughs) Harry? I I can't think of any more. I honestly can't remember. Where where, where did we race in 2019? Who knows? Uh... (laughs) Oh, where 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 didn't we race in 2020 that was meant to be new, other than the one that you've said? There were two that were brand new that we were meant to go to. Ah, oh, Zandvoort. Very good shout. Very good shout. Zandvoort is correct. Sam? I've kind of mucked myself over there because that was my next one. And now I'm out of obvious answers. Um, right, I'm sticking... With the French. It's done me well. I'm going to take a punt. <laughs> is Magnicore still a great one? Circuit? It's a punt. It's a good punt. Magnicore yeah. is correct. Why not? <laughs> in, in, in fairness, you, you've, done, you've, you've both done a really good job here because you haven't really got any recent ones left now. So I've got a couple of punts in mind. This is whether they, they are still technically grade one. Is Yeong Annam still a grade one? I hope so, because that was one of my punts. It is. No Come way. On. You can still go and have we a look at there. That's incredible. <laughs> we could go back to Yeong Nam tomorrow, and at least the FIA certification would not be an issue. <laughs> the, the track being what it is, is the issue, of course. That but is an issue. Sam. Have you got any more? I've got. I'm now. I'm now on proper guessing mode, and I'm going back in my mind through tracks that we have visited in Formula One over the last decade or so that we're no longer at. And I'm going to go. Oh, I'm so sorry if this is uh, pronounced incorrectly, and I offend anyone. Is it the Bud International Circuit in India? <laughs> yes, Bud. That's a correct answer. Sevi Vets Palace, as it's also yeah. known. Yeah, it should really yeah. be renamed to that. No one else is going to Harry, there. Um, there are 
well, yeah, you, there's you're getting short on answers here. There's a, there's eleven left, but these are difficult ones. Is no, I've, got, I've actually don't have anything left now. Olsen Park. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's ours. You you laugh, and you should because it's very wrong. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's not a right answer. Um, no, I've got none any, left now. Well done, Sam. Take the win. But any additional guesses? I've got two punts. Go on. Um, one was based on a country that I know that we go to and has another circuit, I believe, which I think is available, and that is Fuji. Is it Speedway or something like that? Yeah, Fuji's still grade one certified. And the other one, and I could be so wrong, is the Dubai Autodrome, which I know is a big GT3 Ferrari uh, race car track, and that's only because I play it a lot on video games. (laughs) Yeah, it's a good guess. It It is also there. Um, Other than that, nothing. No clue. No, that's fair enough. You've done a good job. Um, only nine left to go outside of that. So Esther Rill is, uh, oh, is Grade 1 certified still. Let's um, go there. Yeah. The Chang Circuit in Thailand. Never um, Aragon is From uh, the Rings. Grade 1. Uh, no, <laughs> not that one. Um, Fiorano. Um, Indianapolis. Oh, Indianapolis oh why did we get Indy? Um, that is embarrassing. That's um, embarrassing. Igora Drive, which I believe is in Russia. Um, it sounds like a road that you find in Cornwall. Oh, what you like? You're number three, Igora Drive. Um, Moscow Raceway, which perhaps a bit more obviously is in Russia, which makes you think there are three grade one certified circuits from Russia, That's and terrifying. somehow we go to Sochi. Uh, Russia with love. <laughs> yeah, it either explains how bad the other two are, or we're missing out here. Um, either way, uh, we've also got Kuwait as well, um, Losail Circuit in Qatar, uh, and there's the, uh, I'm not sure if it's Kaimi or Kimi Ring. I'm sure somebody will be able to tell me. Definitely the, the Kimi other. Ring. I hope it is. <laughs> he owns it, he is his ring. But yeah, oh. you're going to be quite obscure <laughs> at the end. He's got a cold ring as Kimi. Oh. Uh, theme, theme song F1. Back and forth, it's F1. Back and forth, it goes backwards. Then goes forth, it's F1. Back and forth, F1. I had enough of you. <laughs> Go on, get us out of here, Sam. I had enough. Oh, folks, if you've enjoyed the podcast or you're thinking about Kimmy's ring, then please <laughs> give it a follow if you haven't. Subscribe to the podcast. Join us... Um, over on YouTube, please. We've got loads of stuff going on. We're trying to get uh, a bigger following there. We're trying to grow. We love the community. Join in if you're enjoying the stuff. Get in the comments. Uh, and join us over on uh, on Twitter, at Elbreak, and we're asking questions there. You could be involved. You never know. We might put out an answer. It could appear in a video as well, which could be quite lovely. Um, and let us know what you think about the liveries and the testing. We're going to put my F1 very soon. It'll be interesting to hear your thoughts. But in the meantime, I have been Samuel Sage. I've been Ben Hawking. And I've been Kimi Raikkonen. And remember, keep breaking. Sports Social Podcast Network.